Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. I'm so excited for today's guest. Tiffany is the perfect example of why networking is so important. So a little story before we give Tiffany the light here. We were introduced first through Royal Oak Chamber of Commerce and a mutual friend, Mario, which I think was episode like early last season, was like, Tiff, you got to meet my girl, Angela. And it's so funny because now we have become really good friends, like our little bad bitches club we got. So another point of why networking is important. So Tiffany, I'm so excited to have you on. How are we doing today? I am doing good. It's a Monday and it's not bad. So that's always good. <laughs> I know we have no thunderstorms on the horizon, no hurricanes or whatever's happening here in Michigan, but we're looking good. So because we have so much to talk about with you, before we dive into what all the cool things you're doing now, throwing it back to childhood, what did you want to be when you grew up or what was your childhood like? Wow. Well, I wanted to be a veterinarian, I think. <laughs> Like 50% of the population. Yes. Um, Veterinarian, um, neurologist. Uh, My mom has multiple sclerosis. So as a kid, I'm like, I'm going to fix this with becoming a neurologist and being a doctor. And then, you know, as I grew up, I'm like, I'm an artist. (laughs) I need to go to art school. So it didn't end up working out that way, but I'm happy how it did. You said that you're an artist. Have you always been someone even like through high school and through that kind of early 20s? Have you been someone that was an artist? Because I didn't know you at that point in your life. Yeah, I think um, just creative. So a lot of times I'll be like, I'm a creative. Um, And in the world of marketing and ad, that means design and arts. And I think from a young age, like I was into, you know, those like posters that you would make as a kid, like in elementary school, and you put pictures on it and you write on it. And mine was always like, colorful and meticulous. And like, I liked even like typography back then. I was like making sure my handwriting was nice. And I just really liked putting together displays. And then as I got older, I'm like, okay, that kind of feeds right into what I do now with design. So yeah, that's kind of where it started early on. And then high school, I got into some art classes towards the end of like my high school career. And I'm like, I really like this. I think I need to project that into a career, you know, somehow incorporate it in. So when you first started out in your, we'll say the big girl jobs, because you've worked with some very impressive brands. So walk us through who did you first? Well, you don't have to say names, but what kind of jobs were you in first? And then where did you kind of have the idea for Twiz Creative? Um, My very, very first job or like career job? You could say either. No rules. Okay. Very, very first job was at Fitness 19. Oh, a little fitness joint. Um, at the front desk. So intro to like greeting people and then also like making sales calls as a 18 year old, which I had never been trained on, you know, asking people if they wanted memberships or telling them that their credit card was declined and all this stuff and like had no experience, really no training. That was my first intro into what sales and marketing is. And we would go out like and take a bunch of flyers with us and go into businesses. So I had to introduce myself and I had to make a pitch and I had to leave flyers. And it was scary as a kid. I'm like, what's happening? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, But then I liked it. So it kind of transitioned nice into what I was doing. Um, I wasn't really expecting a job at that point in my life to do anything, uh, to learn anything really from, but I learned a ton. And then, you know, getting into school, I got some internships while I was at college and, um, just learn the ad world and the ad space. And from there, worked at some agencies and like worked with some brands, um, 
Cadillac, a lot of GM brands, OnStar, uh, the Detroit Lions. I had the privilege of working on, um, which was fun. Uh, they did really well that year, so <laughs> I felt good. <laughs> yes, well, did about myself. You're like, it's not the 0 and 16 year, right? <laughs> right. I've had some other experiences too, working in house at a uh, marketing tech agency in Detroit, and then also in house at a medical spa. So I feel like my experience is kind of like, ooh, all over the place as far as marketing and advertising goes, but I kind of like that I had the opportunity to touch all those different spaces and then be able to decide what I like because there's so much that you can do in this field and then kind of just drift off into the horizon with (laughs) Twiz Creative. I love that you brought up the point of the first sales job at 18 because I say it all the time. I worked at a restaurant, so... And my mom, I swear, we did like a fundraiser and she made us get donations. Like she, I remember she made myself and two of my girlfriends, like dropped us off at Partridge Creek, which is an outdoor mall near us. Those of you that don't know. And she's like, great, go get donations for this golf outing I planned for your fundraiser. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. But that was the best experience or like problem solving in such a like fast paced environment. And I still use those tactics today from 18 years old. So I feel like the people that have had to just like thrown into those high school, college jobs, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing, but it helped be a better business owner or sales individual now. So with the idea for our Twiz Creative, were you always someone that you saw yourself being an entrepreneur? Did you kind of fall into it or tell us about that? Uh, That's a great question. And no, I never saw myself. (laughs) I was always like, oh, maybe it would be cool to have my own ad agency one day. But really the goal for me like out of school was like, oh, I got to get to California. I have to be at a big agency in LA. Like that's, you've made it, you know, or New York, like, and I got to be making a hundred grand out the gate. Like we had all of these like misconstrued ideas um, at the school that I went to like, oh, you need to be. Um, And so I started very small and I just kind of grew into that. And I feel like every place I've been, I've always been put in a box. Um, and as a Gemini, <laughs> don't like, put me in a no. box. Don't put me in a box. I got all these different ideas on my hands and everything and interest and talents too. And I felt like at agencies, you know, as a designer, art director, you know, that's all you do, design and art direct, you know. And even like in an agency, you work with a copywriter. So you have a partners, copywriter, art director, and you work together and you pitch ideas together. And the copywriter is always the one that pitches the idea, right? Copy, text, presenting. And I'm like, uh uh-uh, like, no, <laughs> I want to present the idea. Like, That's mine, thank you. Yeah, like I, you know, even if we came up with it together, I still wanted to project and present that sometimes. It didn't have to be every time, but I'm like, I don't get to present. Like, who came up with this stupid ass rule? I don't want to follow that. So I didn't like to be put in boxes. I like to write copy too. I like to edit, you know, I liked it all. And I think ideas can come from anywhere and that people have good ideas in all different departments. And it doesn't just have to be, you know, coming from a certain person. And that just that same through line was just every job that I had. And I'm like, okay, like it just everything was too strict for me. And so I was just like, you know, 2020 happened. And that's when it was kind of the right time for me to go out on my own. So that's kind of how it happened. 
Now, were you, if you're comfortable with this, were you laid off or were you just like, screw it, I'm going to do my own thing that kind of pivoted you into doing your own business? Um, I don't know if I was laid off because I could have been. I was in-house at a medical spa in 2020. So medical spas were non-essential. And so our whole marketing team was was getting cut one by one. And these are my friends, too. And they're getting cut. And it came down to me and one other person. And I just said, like, hey, like, I know I'm next. Just let me know when you need some creative work done and I will do it. But I'm going to leave and then, you know, I'll start my own business or, you know, do something. But I'll freelance for you guys when you need me. So that way you're saving money and I can figure out my own thing. And um, I I guess I didn't really understand what I was doing at the time. (laughs) That's crazy. Now, that's so baller you made that decision because I don't know if I could have made it. Just like, screw it, I'm going to do my own thing. But was it nerve-wracking or how'd you feel at that time? Um, I don't really feel like it was nerve-wracking at the time. I think it was just like, it was a natural step. And I was also kind of getting excited about the, the idea of traveling like taking this time to travel, even though it was during COVID and during like the fires that were happening out West. And I'm like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> well, no, I was like, ah, it's fine. Like, you know, whatever, I'll still go. So that was kind of my idea was to take this little block of time and travel while the whole world is kind of shut down. I'm like, no one's really doing things. People aren't making a lot of moves. Like this is a good time for me to make this move and travel and do freelance because you can do freelance from wherever. So yeah, that was fun for me. No, I did travel a little bit during pandemic too. And it was like completely different world, but it's still kind of crazy there. So geez. Now, how are you, because there's so many creative brands out there, how are you different or what makes Twiz Creative different from other agencies? Yeah. So with Twiz, we follow a collective model. So meaning... I'm working with a bunch of different contractors and freelancers and all different types of creative spaces. So I work with um, photographers, videographers, writers, um, website developers, SEO specialists, other content creators from all over the world, all over the state, all over the country. And I think what makes us different is you get that kind of small boutique-y feel with agency results. So a lot of times with smaller boutiques, you don't get like the reporting on your social media efforts or, you know, the different things that you might do digitally. We do that reporting, we deliver those results and you get that personal feel, you know, you're either talking with me directly or you're talking with me and somebody else. Very rarely do I have just somebody else meeting with a client. You're getting to know me And then I'm directing that energy or whatever needs to be done to somebody else for you. So I think that that's kind of what makes Twiz Creative a little different than other places. Well, and we've worked with other agencies before I even met you, but it is so different when something's a larger agency and you're pushed off to a copywriter or you're pushed off to someone that you didn't even know was a part of the business. And it's just not that natural relationship. And it's like, well, how are you going to represent my brand if you're just throwing me off to someone that works for you like five, 10 hours a week? Mm-hmm. So I love that you're more one-on-one or like very involved with it. And I could speak from experience because Tiffany was so gracious to do our logo and branding colors for your summit. Myself and Taylor Miller Goulet, who was a few episodes ago, are planning in October. But 
the amount of work that goes into it, because I have stared at what you did and that you just like whipped up no problem for hours because I'm so impressed with it. So can you walk me through, and I know it's kind of hard to say like, what's your mindset behind it? But how the hell do you come up with this? How do you develop like your branding? Because you you rocked it, like nailed it, home run, out of the park. Like I'm still, I'm at a loss of words. So how does that creative process work? I'm blushing. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome though. I mean, it's it's such a talent and people think like, oh, it's so easy to do it. It's freaking not like, but anyways, I'll step off my soapbox. So tell me about your process or maybe what you did for that one specifically. Yeah, I get the whole like, oh, it's so easy and everybody can do it um, because of, programs like Canva and other, you know, digital things that anybody can access. But I think when it comes down to really developing a brand and its visual identity, it's really talking with the people that are passionate about it. So what we did was like get on the phone with you and Taylor and discuss like, what do you see for this? Like, how do you want it to look and feel? And, you know, with it being passion, there was a lot of like fire, right? And so there was these and you talked about, you know, another initiative where you might have camping and this whole camp vibe, you know, coming into what you're going to be creating in the future. So maybe this event ties into it. So taking all of that into consideration when you're doing like a visual identity, I take that all in from the people. And it's like, how did you pull that out? I'm like, you guys said it. Like, it's just you have to organize it into your brain, into like visual elements, like the logo, the typography, the colors, the patterns, the textures. And so all of that stuff gets like filed into my brain. And then, you know, you just start playing around. And I always start like drawing things out on a sketch pad because writing and drawing on paper, like you don't have that like negative mind of when you make an error on like word, like when you see the little red line come across, like that's not happening you don't have to be perfect on a piece of paper. So your mind can just be creative. Um, so I always start there. And then once I have a nice drawing, I'm like, okay, now let's put it into the computer. Let's design, let's find. And like with the colors and the idea of fire and passion, it's like, well, let's use some warm colors. You're also doing it in the fall. So like we pulled like some fallish color with some energy because <laughs> it's still summer. So we're, you know, projecting that out and promoting during the summertime. So yeah, I think it's just feeling the energy of whoever's doing this um, and making sure that that's being communicated and making it look and stand out amongst other summits or other events or other brands that, you know, you might be competing with. So, yeah, <laughs> I hope I summed that up a little bit. <laughs> you did. Yes. But even coming up with like, oh, this would be a good banner or this would be a good I, you phrased it better than I can, of course. But this is a good like circle logo. This is a good like for this. And I never thought of that as someone who has planned. I don't even know. Lots of events I've planned. It's always been like, oh, I don't know. I'll just pick something and just like keep rehashing that. But it's so important. It's just like a great inside look to your expertise and creativity because that's huge. So because you have so many partners, do you have certain services you like to work with or certain like niche of clients or who do you kind of ideally like to work with the most? Yeah, so I started kind of working with any brand, any company. Um, when I first started out, I was getting referrals um, a lot in the medical industry because that's where I came from for my last position. 
And now I'm really transitioning to companies that are more business to business and really focusing on like their sales teams and helping their sales teams develop an online presence on LinkedIn, especially. Um, And then also, you know, the company's social media accounts. So whatever social accounts, you know, are appropriate for them, really showcasing the brand, who they are and their offerings and just being as honest as you possibly can be on social. So services, social media, branding, content, management, and then the brand identity side. So like what you were just talking about with the summit, coming up with the visual identity and making sure that that's carried through all of their social media and then any other, you know, digital platforms that they might be on. Um, But really focusing on the social media aspect and the branding aspect for companies. Now, what are some common mistakes you see a lot with small business owners or just business owners as a whole when it comes to their creative, their social and their branding, things like that? I think the the biggest thing is just inconsistency. You know, they don't have they might not have a branding style guide that houses, you know, the do's and don'ts for a brand or these are the fonts you use. These are the colors you're using. Um, So what happens is over time, people see different communications and it might look and feel different. So there's not this consistency that makes that awareness towards one company. It could be from another company or it just might not register in a consumer's mind that that's the resume rescue. Every time I see something from the resume rescue, I'm like, oh, that's Angela because I see the font and I see the gold and and this like, you know, off-white color and the black and the R. Like it's very prominent. Um, So I think the biggest thing is inconsistency. Um, And a lot of times people, they just don't have a marketing professional. So they'll use whoever they, you know, have on their team. Sometimes it's somebody like an admin. It's like, hey, Jesse, like throw together some posts on Canva. It's like, okay, well, what's the strategy? You know, what are you trying to get people to, to do? Who's your ideal customer? Who do you want to see this? And then a lot of times on social, people don't engage. They just post something and that's it. They're like, here you go. Here's my content. And they don't talk about, you know, they don't engage with their people. They're not responding to comments. They're not in the DMs. They're not liking or posting comments on their ideal customers posts. You have to kind of reciprocate that. So I think it's engagement, consistency, and then having the right person develop a strategy. So you... (laughs) You're actually building towards something and not just posting random content. Right. And staying inconsistent because I was very inconsistent when I started when I was a solopreneur. But now that we have destiny and other people that kind of like support ideation and everything with it, it makes it a lot easier. But the engagement piece is so huge. And a lot of people just don't understand that. It's like even if you respond to a comment, I mean, I love when brands respond to me or whatever like whoever runs Blake's like hard cider social media like they rock they always reshare everything and I'm like Mm -hmm. I feel important I feel loved like this is great it does make a huge difference and even just understanding from like your own consumer perspective of hey I feel engaged when someone engages with me so why wouldn't you do the same thing but what are some of your I'm sure you have 5,000 but what are your top three absolute businesses need to do or like top three words of wisdom, I guess, when it comes to someone's brand, social stuff like that? Ooh, Ange, that's a big question. I know. (laughs) 
as far as branding goes, you have to stick out. You have to stand out amongst your peers and your competition. A lot of times people are like, oh, I don't have any competition or, you know, my ideal client is everyone. So going with that first standing out, you know, position, look and see what other people are doing and do something a little different. Like simple as that, whether it's like with your branding colors, if everybody is purple and blue, let's try orange and red. Does that make sense? Is it appropriate for your brand? Let's try to stand out in the sea visually. And then the second one is knowing who your customers are. Oftentimes, like I just said, people are like, oh, I'm, you know, everybody. It's like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're not everybody. Who is your ideal client? And get like super granular with it. How old are they? What's their gender? What's their job? How much money do they make? What type of events do they go to? What type of food do they eat? Um, Do they have kids? Do they not? Like, do they go hiking in the woods? Like get their demographics and their psychographics. So, you know, what goes on in their head? And then, you know, kind of what is very factual about them? Where do they live? And then that way you have this really valuable piece of information so that when you're creating content, if you don't think that that content's going to resonate with this person, then it's not the right content. So knowing your ideal customer is going to help you create a strategy. So that's number two. I have a note on that because I went through something recently where it was like, rate your customers A, B, C. What makes your A players, your B players, your C players, and what are their characteristics, which is something I we had never thought about. So we did it as a team. And I'm like, okay, that's our ideal customer is A. Or we always like to say like someone I would go have drinks with or someone I would go get coffee with or feel comfortable with. Um it took us so long. It took me so long to figure out like what our niche was or who was our demographic because I was the same way. I'm like, well, I really can help anyone. But we figured out through being in this business a few years, it's like, oh, it's really the people who don't know what they want to do next or don't have confidence to do so. Like those are our great customers, which people are always like, go after the money. And I think you and I actually talked about this, but it was like, oh, go after the big brands, go after the executives, like do executive (laughs) resumes. It's like, Well, I do those, but those aren't my demographic of people, mostly because there's so much more back and forth and there's so much like I need it today, even though I haven't responded to you in three weeks. But Mm -hmm. it's just like it's so different and it's okay to figure it out. But I love that. Would you say the psychographics of it? Yeah, psychographics. Uh Uh-huh. Love that term. (laughs) That's the term. I didn't know there was a term for it. So amazing. Mm -hmm. But back to you on advice number three. Advice number three is going to have to be defining like your core values as a brand. Like, who are we? Mm -hmm. And this really gets into a company culture, too. A lot of times I'll go in and like do a rebrand or something. And you have to get the whole company on board with this rebrand so that everybody understands they've got buy-in, they're excited, and they know what the company stands for. Because if you don't define that early on, um, there's confusion. You know, people don't know what they're working towards. If you have a strong core value system, so like what exactly are the core values and being able to share those, like make sure that they're public on a website or on your social channels or, you know, everywhere. That also helps you align everything that you're doing from a marketing perspective and make sure that that strategy is sound. It's all aligning with what we believe in. (laughs) Yes. Ooh, I like that too. Now, do you have anything exciting coming up for Twiz Creative, new products or new new things you want to talk about? I want to give you the space for that. Well, thank you, Angela. You're welcome. 
Um, yeah. So with my business, as I said earlier in the beginning with Twist Creative, three years ago, we were doing everything, um, all different types of businesses, industries. And I've had the opportunity to work um, with a lighting representative agency. So what that means for anybody that's not in the lighting world, it's basically a marketing agency, but for lighting manufacturers. So this agency helps architects, engineers, interior designers, lighting designers find the right fixtures for these commercial projects. And it's a huge industry. Um, There's hundreds of lighting manufacturers just in the U.S. and hundreds of these agencies as well. So what I'd like to do from a Twist Creative perspective is really hone in on this lighting industry because they need help. <laughs> yeah. It's a big discrepancy in in that in this industry with branding and with consistent social presence. Um, and so I want to do what I've been able to do with this one agency for others in different regions. So that's something that I'm focusing on going to more lighting specific events, networking with that crowd and just getting more into that world. I really enjoy like that lighting in a commercial sense is very artistic. And it's very scientific. So it kind of hits those two sides of the brain. And there's just so much content that can be created there. And a lot of stuff that, you know, just isn't being done right now to help these types of companies grow. So I know that we can go in there and really help them. So I'm hoping to really focus on that and um, become kind of niche in a way to that industry. I love that. And when you had told me that, I was like, that is so specific, but it's so needed and so incredible. So I love that. That's awesome. Now, as we wrap this up, what advice do you have for listeners? What advice do I have for listeners? Are these business owners? Our (laughs) listeners are all over the place. They're execs, they're high schoolers, they're business owners, they're professionals, they're stay-at-home parents. Mm -hmm. We're really all over the place. We're in 30 different countries. So I love that. Um, I think my biggest advice, I was just kind of thinking about this um, in another group meeting this morning. And it really is like to set more intentions, be more intentional. I've just from a very young age and again, being a Gemini and air sign, I'm just like going with the flow, letting things happen, right? Letting things happen to me and seeing how it goes, you know, seeing where I land. And I think just being more intentional like I am now setting these goals Where do I want to be? What do I want to see? It's just helping to make that a reality instead of just like being on a whim of somebody else or a company, you know, or your family. So like really making things happen for you. And that means you got to be intentional. You got to write down, you got to put it out there. Yeah. So write down your intentions. (laughs) Write down your intentions. That's amazing. Tiffany, this was so much fun. You gave so much incredible insight. If you want to work with Tiffany, head to the show notes, check her out. She's funny as hell too. So follow her on Instagram, please. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you for listening to another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.